0: Um, okay, my, my comments are going to be rather more scattered than uh, both of the previous papers, and um, I guess I wanted to talk a little bit about what I think is happening now and some of the kind of difficulties and crises um, that are, that feminism is trying to address and, and needs to address. Um, so in some sense there's some overlap with Lynn's um, paper, um, but I'd, I'd like to say about Nancy's book, it's incredibly interesting and it's really quite quite moving in a way to, to, to read back over this kind of period of time obviously I don't remember it, it wasn't around but uh, and and to think about the kind of uh, utopian demands and the kind of the the nuanced and quite difficult discussions that were permitted when things like redistribution were still like an option <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> there's something really quite uh, sort of uh, strange it's like another world reading mm. reading about this sort of utopian thing and uh, I suppose you know I, I, I really Start remembering stuff only from the 90s, and in a way, then you know that the entire history of my memory of, of something like this, the state um, is is, the, is of its kind of uh, um, hastened decline, you know, at the very deliberate, very deliberate hastened decline at the hands of uh, whatever we want to call it, whether we say neoliberalism and you know, financialization, privatization. Of everything, and, and obviously we're at a period, a stage at which you know we're talking about G4S running rape centres, you know. So it's a pretty fucking dire situation uh, in that regard. Um, and I think you know when we look at the, you know, if we're talking about a kind of austerity, a sort of time of austerity or something, you know, po- post the global crash, you know, what what does this mean for women? Right, we know that there are kind of significant, um, specific impacts for women in terms of like the job cuts in the public sector where women tend to dominate. You know, you've got this kind of uh, eradication of those roles. You know, with the kind of uh, deliberate sort of uh, uh, elimination of the of the public sector, those jobs are kind of gone for good. You know, whereas in the private sector, there's always the the sort of fantasy that it will pick up. You know, some point after the the fourth uh, dip or something. Um, you know, and so there's a sense in which uh, you know. Those those sectors where women tend to dominate uh, are just kind of forgotten about in a way, and and nor are we necessarily in a situation in which the kind of the ideology and the rhetoric of domesticity is gonna is gonna work. Let's say a right wing discourse about pushing women back in the home. That's not gonna work either. It's very clear that women have to continue to work if they can get jobs, um, but albeit I'll, I'll for, for for less and less pay and in more and more precarious situations, um, which is the kind of status of of, of, of women's work always. Um, and there were kind of arguments made specifically uh, before the crash and I, I made them myself about, you know, whether this, these kind of uh, characteristics of uh, women's work historically in terms of precarity and so on have actually come to characterise all work um, under this particular uh, kind of capitalism. But it's very clear that, there, you know, wherever there are savings to be made and, and kind of oppositions to foment and create and, uh, you know, divisions to to, to put in. Uh, you know this particularly vicious form of uh, of capitalism and the kind of ideological support that it has in the in the media will will kind of mine those for whatever it's worth and um, to try to divide people and uh, so on. Um, and I think it's really interesting reading through Nancy's essays from this this you know this period over the over the decades, the kind of uh, the use of sort of spatial imagery and and um, relating to things like dimensionality and intersectionality. And she moves from a kind of um, way of thinking about maybe like a kind of critical theory kind of overview uh, maybe think thinking about kind of uh, totality and images of a sort of a social whole um to then thinking about a two-dimensionality and then you talk about a triple movement um and in your essay on the kind of the cunning um of capitalism where but which is a you know very very provocative and interesting essay um which you don't want to kind of agree with because it's too depressing <laughs> um but about the way in which you know capitalism has has managed to kind of uh uh, pull apart the various strands of feminist um critique so where the social and the economic and the cultural strands have all been sort of uh, separated out and then like capitalism and and uh various states can come along and pick out the bits that they, they use in this kind of uh, very one-sided and malevolent way. So, like, for example, obviously, we saw in the 2000s the, the use and abuse of the rhetoric of feminism to, to justify invasion. So when we you think know, about the role of, you know, sort of Western uh, image of, uh, you know, of, of feminism being invoked to justify the, the supposed salvation of, of Muslim women uh, abroad, you know, this kind of uh, use and abuse of, of, of feminism which... You know, starts to be- become really kind of complicated. If you want, to, if we want to sort of talk about defending feminism, what happens when we've got imperialist feminism or Louise Mensch feminism or whatever? <laughs> you know, this idea about you know, or if you work hard, it's a kind of moral thing. And you know, if you just compete, you'll succeed. And you know, this kind of deliberate avoidance of talking about class or anyone else for that matter. You know, sort of selfish feminism, we could say. And 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 you know, whether we start saying then that these aren't really feminists. You know, these are not feminist positions. They may be invoking some of the language of feminism, but they're not really feminist. And this I think becomes a really, really complicated question because if we want to say, you know, look, there are loads of different types of feminism and some people are more interested in, you know, different different aspects of that and they're all equally valid, you know, we've got a problem if if there are people using feminist rhetoric to justify things that like we would hope nobody would support, like killing people. Um, and, the, you know, complicated questions if you think about the, the really, really kind of uh, terrifying rapid um, rise of, uh, sort of fascist rhetoric in the past few weeks. It's obviously going on in the background, but it's been particularly uh, exacerbated lately. And, you know, what happens when the EGL have an LGBTQ branch and, you know, this kind of thing? It gets really, really complicated to try and sever the strands and say, look, this is not, you know, anything to do with what we're talking about. Um, I think... You know, one of the the kind of interesting and difficult things, I guess, apart from distinguishing between rhetorically evil feminism and and what we would want to defend, is I guess maybe also this sort of imposition of a fake kind of scarcity, and I don't really know how to put this properly, but like the way in which it's always... mm, you you only ever get kind of uh, very limited time to say what you want to say. You know, you've, there's only allowed to be a few feminist voices in the media or something. And, you know, and, and this, this panel is probably a negative example of that uh, for loads of reasons and race included. And I think, you know, but th- this is a kind of imposition that's kind of coming from above. And often if you give a talk on a feminist panel, you know, it's like the, the often will be a negative kind of comment. Well, you didn't discuss X, Y, Z and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's as if every time you have to talk about feminism, you have to talk about everything within that remit. And I think that's, uh, that's coming from somewhere else. You know, it's an imposition of a sort of austerity of thought, you know, as if somehow we, we have to obey the logic of, of kind of competition in order to get anything through. Um, and I think that that gives rise to kind of really sort of negative uh, image of that we can't talk about all these things at once, you know. And I think it's interesting with the kind of... Uh, what we want to call like internet feminism you know kind of a resurgence of interest in, in intersectionality and actually um talking about these things all together and and what happens if you know there is a, a permission uh, somehow give yourself permission to actually talk about these things all at once and not have to sort of hastily uh, say one thing um, and I think that's that. That seems to me really, really important. Um, and that's that's kind of a maybe something I wasn't always particularly keen on. I I didn't necessarily always like what I regarded as some of the sort of perkiness of like youth feminism. You know, where everything was okay, and you know, and it was good to be sort of sassy and stuff. And I do kind of think that it is important. But um, I I also want to, I, I I'm kind of interested in like ambivalence and failure, and you know, what would it mean to actually. Not succeed and not not necessarily be content to be sort of described as a woman or something like this, and they, you know and I think part of that is a kind of resistance to maybe a perhaps a an, maybe in, maybe a slightly unfair image of a kind of essentialist um rad, radical feminism which uh, you know perhaps only it's, a, it's only really a few people but which seems to be tied up with. Uh, various forms of transphobia and so on, and I think you know a lot of that work that was done on kind of questions of gender and and um, cons- gender construction uh, remains really important. And you know what does it mean then to say feminist or 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 woman from a strategic point of view and not an essentialist point of view? And, and obviously that's kind of um, a, a kind of ongoing question really. Um, for me, I think you know it's important. I mean, Nancy talked a lot about social reproduction, and I think there's no way we can understand. What resistance might be from a feminist perspective, without taking that as kind of um, the central um, question? You know, if the threads of like social, economic, and cultural um, analysis and the feminist thing have be- become un- sort of untwined or whatever, uh, pulled apart, you know, there's got to be a way of reuniting them, um, via perhaps a critique of this presumption of scarcity, the theoretical scarcity, or the you know that we can only talk about one thing at once. Um, I don't think that's true. But it has to be a kind of question of, of work. And I guess, you know, work has always been something that, that is particularly interested in me in the sense that I grew up in, in a time where there was, there was this real, uh, you know, positive narrative that if you're a woman, it doesn't matter. You can get whatever job you want. And, you know, obviously that's not true if there's, there are no jobs. But, you know, that's the fantasy anyway. You know, that nothing will hold you back. And, you know, but what that meant, I guess, in a certain way was a, a an acceptance of, 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 of the kind of capitalist order and, you know, the, the world of jobs and work and i guess i always hate work and so i i think there's maybe like an interesting question about the re- a sort of resistance to perhaps a liberal uh, idea that like work will solve kind of questions mm. of, e- of equality and as you know and not just in the sense of like getting a few women to power but you know the mass entry of women into the workforce would somehow historically correspond to um you know a. a uh, a f- sort of generalized um, e- equality, and I, I think that hasn't happened. And I think it's interesting to maybe say, oh, I'd like Nancy to to maybe t- talk a little bit about about why that hasn't happened, and you know um, how it's still possible for um, kind of employers to play off it, play women off against one another um, in terms of you know who has kids and who doesn't, and that kind of thing, um, and why that hasn't kind of. You know, remains a sort of like crucial political um, question in some ways. Um, so I guess there's, there's, you know, maybe a broader question. You know, looking back to the work that Nancy did on the on the question of, you know, state managed capitalism and, and the idea of the state. You know, what do we what do we say now? You know, in this when when basically the welfare state has been, you know, sort of brutally destroyed in every possible um, direction. You know, do we do we call for a, a sort of reinvigorated notion of social democracy or welfare state? You know, obviously, lots of people are fighting the cuts, and there's anti-austerity, um, you know, protests all the time, and and feminists and, and women have a strong <coughs> part in this. Um, you know, and it, but maybe there's something of a paradox, perhaps, of 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 some people who, you know, let's say Marxist feminists who are ultimately interested in the withering away of the state, actually trying to defend the state, you know, from a kind of different savage form of attack. Um, or whether, you know, and, and it's actually interesting, the uh, the feminist fight back sort of leaflet that's going around, you know, discussion of, um, you know, the basic minimum wage, which is another kind of idea that's sort of being resurrected and, and well, it's, it's always been there, but it's come uh, to the fore again and it was discussed a lot in Occupy and there's also kind of Kathy Weeks book on work in which this is a kind of proposal that she she discusses as a way of, um, you know, perhaps breaking the link between, I don't know, unfair sort of redistribution of a kind of welfare um Uh, welfare money and so on and you know it's very hard to imagine actually our government ever agreeing to basic uh, income uh, idea Um, but but it's a kind of you know one way of reformulating the kind of question of social democracy in the welfare state which I think is really important if that doesn't work (laughs) socialism or barbarism and you know where do we go and I and I think you know I'm quite interested in maybe this kind of total critique of um of of work, of social reproduction, and what would it mean to kind of question um, all of that? You know, without necessarily being against reproduction, obviously I don't think there's a... It's it's It would be too ridiculous to say, you know, well, women should just stop having kids and there should be no, like, you know, they shouldn't work and... You no, know, although it's quite tempting sometimes to propose like sex strikes and you know this kind of thing, but you know, but, but that's clearly not a kind of a, a sort of reasonable suggestion. But but nevertheless, you know, people like Federici and so on are working on, you know, what would it mean to think about social reproduction as this kind of, you know, you know necessary, uh, albeit unwitting, um, you know, uh, perpetuation of a system that doesn't benefit those the people. Um, the people that um, it, it it exploits. So I guess you know, thinking about total exploitation and what would it mean to to try to reclaim or or, or you know prevent that from happening uh, in a collective um, way. And I and I I guess I'll just finish by returning to this point about like it's got to be like a an expansive notion of feminism. You know, it's got it's got to fight that sort of fantasy of scarcity. And uh, again, I don't really know how to put it, but I think you know we cannot accept the logic of competition that we have to kind of fight for ideas. You know, it can't be simply you know, one way of looking at things—it's got to be all of those things—and I think, you know, perhaps we might be moving to a stage where 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 something like intersectionality or the triple movement or whatever you want to call it is maybe kind of actually um, going to work, and and that, that maybe there's a kind of. Um, um, a sign of hope there and I do see that kind of hope in lots of uh, lots of kind of kind of current discussions and you know I, again I'd just like to note you know in terms of thinking about the G4S, G4S running the rape centres you know which is seeming seem really grim possibility but you know at the same time we've had this massive exposition exposing sorry of, of rape culture in the past sort of year and a bit you know where it's actually been really quite significant and this is on the left you know this is in left organizations it's also um in society in general you know looking back to the 70s (laughs) again but in a very negative way i suppose you know and just saying like these things are absolutely unacceptable you know these things happened then they shouldn't have happened then you know let's make sure they never happen again you know okay that's that's utopian as well but i think something has shifted you know in terms of that debate and i think it may be you know, maybe something really interesting is going to happen, really positive in terms of sh- shifting all these axes and uh, kind of opening up a, this sort of maybe expansive uh, image of, of what feminism could be um, in a kind of, yeah, big way. Mm-hmm.